Happy Mother's Day. We have a, quite a few of our mothers that's not here this morning that we thought would be here. But anyway, those that are here, we welcome you, and we're very thankful that you're here. And we hope that this day will uh, be a blessing unto you. The opening scripture is going to come out of Proverbs. And this is going to be in chapter 31, verses 25 through 30. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have gone virtuous, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And we're here to sing praises and to be thankful to our Heavenly Father for our mothers. And I'd like to first uh, open our hymnals to... Uh, Hymn 517, I believe, is my first one. 520. 520. And we'll stand, and then uh, Alex will bring our opening prayer.
Our Father in heaven, we approach thy throne of grace at this appointed hour and praise and thanksgiving for this time on earth. Father, we especially thank you for our mothers now and the blessings they have offered us all the days of our lives. Pray that you bless them with a great day today, and that we will invite thy spirit to attend with us now in our service. In Jesus' name, amen. Most of you get that moments with the master, but there's a really good uh, little saying that was in there for Saturday, and I'd like to read this one. And this is part of what I just read in Proverbs, where she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. This fun story seems to go with the following poem. One day a little girl was sitting and watching her mother do the dishes. She suddenly noticed that her mother had several strands of white hair sticking out in contrast over her brunette head. She looked at her mother and inquisitively asked, Why are some of your hairs white, Mom? Her mother replied, Well, every time that you do something wrong and make me cry or unhappy, one of my hairs turn white. The little girl thought about this revelation for a little while and then said, Mommy, how come all of Grandma's hairs are white? <laughs> That's why guys, when they get older, they just lose theirs. We don't have to worry too much about some of that. Uh, who is known as the mother of all the living? Got to go way back to the beginning. Eve, yes. And I wanted to just try to couple of quiz questions on some of you. Who was the mother of Moses? Joseph bed, isn't that how you say that? I believe that's how you pronounce them. My pronunciation on some words is not exactly right, but Joseph bed, I think, was her, the mother's name. And who was Timothy's mother in the New Testament? Did somebody answer that? Yes. And I know everybody I know a real easy one. Who was the mother of Jesus? Mary. We didn't do too bad on some of those right there. In Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, 
that it may be well with thee, and thou may livest long on the earth. You young guys get that? You want to live a good long life over here, you got to honor your mother and your fathers. Every one of us has been very blessed in our lifetimes. And uh, if we look out in the world today, there are so many young children that are having to be brought up by their grandparents because of the family unit has split or just different situations going on into the world and they're not being taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's such a shame, but we can see out there the circumstances going in the world and understand why we're there. And that's because we don't have mothers and fathers raising our children the way they're supposed to. Now, in Proverbs, it also says, spare the rod, spoil the child. My mom took that literally. <laughs> and that rod at one time was the end of a fishing pole. And you talk about something that could sting if you couldn't get away quick enough. But if she'd have probably known that it, the rod was the word of God, she'd have probably got something still after me and whipped me with it. But I'm very thankful for, for my mom and what she's done for me in my lifetime. And I know every one of you are the same way. And sometimes we wonder, if you had a choice in this world, who would you pick to be your mother? The one you have. Because the one that you have is the one that God intended for you to have. And he's the one that chooses our time of habitation and where we're going to be at. And so we ought to be thankful for the parents that we have and do our best to help teach them while we're still young, while we know everything. <laughs> Here's another little saying. It says, in his mother's footsteps, it was a busy day in Costa Rica, Mesa, California, home. But then with ten children and one on the way, every day was a bit hetty. On this particular day, however, I was having trouble doing even routine chores, all because of one little boy. Lynn, who was three at the time, was on my heels no matter where I went. Whenever I stopped to do something and turned back around, I would trip over him. Several times I patiently suggested fun activities to keep him occupied. Wouldn't you like to play on that swing set, I asked again. But he simply smiled an innocent smile and said, Oh, that's all right, Mommy. I'd rather be in here with you. Then he continued to bounce happily around behind me. After stepping on his toes for the fifth time, I began to lose my patience and insisted that he go outside and play with the other children. When I asked him why he was acting this way, he looked up at me with a sweet little grin, green eyes and said, Well, Mommy, in primary, my teacher told me to walk in Jesus' footsteps, but I can't see him, so I'm walking in yours. You've got to set the example. I've always liked this one. It says, when God created mothers. When the good Lord was creating mothers, he was in his sixth day of overtime when an angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. And the Lord said, have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable. 
but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable. Run on black coffee and leftovers. Have a lap that disappears when she stands up. A kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed love affair. And six pairs of hands. The angel shook her head slowly and said, Six pair of hands? No way. It's not the hands that are causing me the problems, said the Lord. It's three pairs of eyes that mothers have to have. That's on the standard model, asked the angel. The Lord nodded one pair that sees through closed doors when she asked, what are you kids doing in there? When she already knows, and another in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she knows has to know, and one, of course, the ones in front of that can see and look at a child when he goose up and say, I understand and I love you without so much as uttering a word. Lord, said the angel, touching his sleeve gently, go to bed, tomorrow's another. I can't, said the Lord, I'm so close now. Already I have one who heals herself when she is sick, can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger, and get up a nine-year-old to stand under a shower. The angel circled the model of a mother very slowly. It's too soft, she sighed. But tough, said the Lord excitingly. You cannot imagine what this mother can do or endure. Can it think? Not only think, but it can reason and compromise, said the creator. Finally, the angel bent over and ran her finger across the cheek. There's a leak, she pronounced. It's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. What's it for? It's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. You're a genius, said the angel. The Lord looked up somber. I didn't put it there. I'd like us to open our hymnals right now and sing uh, our second song, and that is 517.
take this. Go down there and start with Samantha and go down to all the women and I'll go on this side and have them pick out two out of there to start with and whatever's left will come back and let them have some more. If anybody needs a few of these to take home to somebody else or whatever, you're more than welcome to them. Uh, Alex, those walks right there, if you'll take and give all the ladies one of them little. This is a little box of candy, and this is to share with your husband.
Did we miss any of you women? You know, every one of us has got a lot of stories that we could like to share and probably talk about our mothers and what they've done for us in our lifetime. Would any one of you like to stand and just say a little something about your mother? Good or bad, we don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. C.H.? Well, I couldn't think of anything bad to about mine. But, uh, last night I woke up during the night and I just think about all the good times that we had together. And uh, when I was young, 14, 13, 14 years old, uh, we carried to run go with me to rodeo with a mom, and she'd drive pull my horse, let me roll, drive me back. As soon as I got to be 16, well, she couldn't pull the trailer anymore. And so I, I had to drive. But we would go to, we'd go up to Arkansas and down to Edge of Texas, rodeoing. She'd ride with me all night long, never shut her eyes, talk to me so that I wouldn't go to sleep. And then uh, before that, said that. Rose Lee's probably one of the toughest women I'd ever known <laughs> to go through some of the things that she's went through and still be. Still yes. <laughs> Roger. My grandmother raised me. She died 48 years ago. Think of her every day. 
switch or that uh, cane pole or whatever getting hit on because she was so old when I went to live with her. She'd go with me and I'd just run off. <laughs> and I could outrun her in the old small town like this. I'd just run off, play with my friends, go out and roam around in the woods and stuff, and I'd come back right at dark. And by then, she'd be so worried. She'd <laughs> <laughs> how not to get in trouble. Just take off. <laughs> Joyce? I'm thankful for another weekend. Three girls and a boy and little girl right here in the night before Saturday night. She gave us a kiss and some tears for them. Daddy took us and dropped us off a lot, but um, I'm just thankful for her and her faith and having us around to get this gospel. And she's just a blessing. I'm thankful for all her prayers. Okay, thank you. Pat? in no water, there would be Eudora with her kids beside her and the Hayworth kids and the Rich kids and the Harper kids all around where Eudora watched them while their parents were doing something in the service. And so Mama was a mother to me, and I'm thankful that I had the mother I had. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Patty? Thank you, Patty. George?
Thank you, George. Yes. Where would we be without them? We'd be in bad shape, wouldn't we? And and poor Donna over there, she probably had the worst mother of the lot, you know. <laughs> Could you even think of one thing bad about Charlene? No. sure get some of these for Charlene too Donna if you would we sure miss her being here LaFalle well, said something they want to say about their moms for now I'm going to read a couple more little deals here before we show this little slideshow I like, I like this little writing right here because it reminded me of my niece and uh, they'd had a new house built in Manford probably 10 15 years ago somewhere in that time period well it wouldn't be that long ago because the little girl's only about nine <laughs> but anyway this kind of reminded what happened to her it says a weary mother returned from the store lugging groceries through the kitchen door Awaiting her arrival was her eight-year-old son, anxious to relate what his younger brother had done. While I was out playing and Dad was on a call, T.J. took his crayons and he wrote on the wall, It's on the new paper you just hung in the den. I told him you'd be mad at having to do it again. She let out a, mean, a moan and a furrowed her brow. Where's your little brother right now? She emptied her arms, and with a purposeful stride, she marched to the closet where he had gone to hide. She called his full name as she entered his room. He trembled with fear. He knew what that was doomed. For the next ten minutes, she ranted and raved about the expensive wallpaper she had, how she had to save. Lamenting all over the work it would take to repair, she condemned his actions and took Lack of care, the more she scolded, the matter she got. Then stomped from his room and totally distraught. She headed for the den to confirm her fears. When she saw the wall, her eyes flooded with tears. The message she read pierced her soul with a dart. It said, I love mommy surrounded by a heart. Well, the wallpaper remained just as she found it. But that empty picture frame hung to surround it. 
A reminder to her and indeed to all, take time to read the handwriting on the wall. Well, that's what happened with my niece's little girl because they just had them new walls and they were painted and then she come in there and she wrote something about her mom on the wall. And she did the exact same thing. She took a picture frame and just hung over it. I don't think my mom would have done that. <laughs> Even if I hadn't have been the one to do it, being a middle child, I got blamed for a lot of stuff. A few years ago when my mother was visiting, she asked me to go shopping with her because she needed a new dress. I don't normally like to go shopping with other people, and I'm not a patient person, but we set off for the mall together nonetheless. We visited nearly every store that carried ladies' dresses, and my mother tired, tried on dress after dress, rejecting them all. As the day wore on, I grew weary, and my mother grew frustrated. Finally, at our last stop, my mother tried on a lovely blue three-piece dress. The blouse had a bow at neckline, and as I stood in the dressing room with her, I watched as she tried, with much difficulty, to tie the bow with her hands. They were so badly crippled from arthritis that she couldn't do it. Immediately, my impatience gave way to overwhelming wealth of compassion for her. I turned away to try and hide the tears that welled up. Regaining my composure, I turned back to tie the bow for her. The dress was beautiful, and she bought it. Our shopping trip was over, but the event was etched in and deadly in my mind. For the rest of the day, my mind kept returning to that moment in the dressing room and to vision of my mother's hands trying to tie that bow. Those loving hands that had fed me, bathed me, dressed me, caressed and comforted me, and most of all prayed for me, were now touching me in a most remarkable manner. Later in the evening, I went to my mother's room, took her hands in mine, and kissed them, and much to my surprise, told her that to me they were the most beautiful hands in the world. I'm so grateful that God let me see with new eyes what a precious, priceless, gift a loving self-sacrificing mother is i can only pray that someday my hands and my heart will have earned such a beauty of their own and that's that's our moms they give everything they've got in their lifetime to raise their children and to protect them and if you don't think how nature is even out in the wildlife, if you get out around an animal that has babies, they'll sacrifice their life or whatever else to protect those babies. And our mothers are the same way. They would give anything and everything they have for our well-being. Motherhood. If it was going to be easy, it never would have started with something called labor. Shouting to make your children obey is like using the horn to steer your car, and you get about the same results. <laughs> to be in your children's memories tomorrow 
you have to be in their lives today. And the smartest advice on raising children is to enjoy them while they are still on your side. The best way to keep kids at home is to make the home a pleasant atmosphere. Parents, people who bear infants, bore teenagers, and bore newlyweds. And life's golden age is when the kids are too old to need babysitters and too young to borrow the family car. And any child can tell you that the sole purpose of a middle name is so he can or she can tell when they're really in trouble. And that's most of us know that. If you hear all three names coming out, it's time to run and hide like Roger would do. And grandparents are similar to a piece of string. They're handy to have around and easily wrapped around the fingers of grandchildren. And now why is that a grandparent thinks more of them grandbabies than they did their own children. That's what it seems like a lot of times in life, doesn't it? They can get anything they want out of them grandparents that you couldn't get from your parents. Adolescence is the age when children try to bring up their parents. And you know the only people in this world who are always sure about the proper way to raise children? Those that never had them. <laughs> oh, to be only half as wonderful as my child thought I was when he was small and half as stupid as my teenager now thinks I am. There are only two things a child will share willingly. Communicable diseases and their mother's age. And adolescence is also the age of which children stop asking questions because they know all the answers. And no wonder kids are confused today. Half the adults tell them to find themselves. The other half tell them to get lost. And kids really brighten a household. They never turn off the lights. And it says here to avenge yourself, live long enough to be a problem to your children. We're going to show this little slide right here in just a minute. And uh, we'd ask for pictures of mothers, young, old, whatever they had of them, to try to put on a little slide. We wanted everybody to kind of see these. And some people sent some pictures and got some, and some of them were kind of snuck in here that people didn't have a picture, but we found a few here and there. And it's Samantha and Joyce's fault. If there's a picture on here of somebody and they're embarrassed about them, me and Paul had nothing to do with it. But it's a, as soon as Pat comes back out of the bathroom, Paul and Samantha will go ahead and start the slideshow as soon as she comes out. And after this, I'm going to ask C.H., would you offer a closing prayer and a blessing on the food? And everybody is invited to stay and partake and uh, have some fun and fellowship with each other.
would have liked to have a whole lot more of our other mothers on there. Maybe next year we can gather up more pictures and have a lot more of our past and present together. We're going to close our service and uh, sing it of hymn 105. And then Brother C.H. is going to uh, offer a closing prayer and a blessing on our food. Thank you. 